Welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast, where powerful women are interviewed every week to share real inspiring stories and incredible insight to help women or anyone break the barriers, be a part of innovation, shatter the glass ceiling, and dominate to the top of their sport, industry, or life's mission. Join us as we celebrate exceptional women and step into our power. And now, here's your host, Angela Gennari. Hello, and welcome to the Pretty Powerful Podcast. I am your host, Angela Gennari. Today, we are speaking with Dr. Amy Novotny. Thank you so much, Amy, for joining us today. Angela, thank you so much for having me on. It's quite an honor, and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. So Dr. Amy Novotny founded the PABR Institute with the mission to provide pain, stress, and anxiety relief to those who seek a naturalistic form of treatment when other treatment methods have fallen apart. Her unique approach comes from her experience in treating a variety of settings and with a wide range of patient populations over the past 13 years. Her background in orthopedics, sports, geriatrics, balance disorders, nerve injuries, and most recently, chronic pain, and influences from her coursework at the Postural Restoration Institute gave her the foundation to develop this treatment method to address a wide variety of painful and restrictive conditions. Her methods have helped countless people reduce and eliminate pain, stress, anxiety, orthopedic surgeries, sleep issues, and the need for medications. She co-authored two Amazon number one best-selling books, Don't Quit, Stories of Persistence, Courage, Faith, and Success Habits of Super Achievers, which share her journey on how, on how and why she developed the PABR method. Her ability to speak French and Spanish has allowed her to communicate with and help various clients from all around the world, including France, Mexico, Central America, and South America. She has a variety of interests, including running 40 plus marathons, wow, <laughs> running 10 ultra marathons, including two 100 milers, completing an Ironman triathlon, photographing wildlife and landscapes all over the world. And that has led to several of her images being chosen as photos of the day, most notably National Geographic, your shot world, excuse me, your shot world top photo of the day. Visit her photography portfolio at, at amysimpressions.com. Thank you so much, Dr. Amy <laughs> Novotny. Wow, what a cool story. <laughs> Thank so you. Excited. So <laughs> I am just, I, I need to know, like, mm -hmm. how did you get into this, you know, kind of this, you, you had, you're a doctor of medicine, but you've gone down the path of treating naturally. I'm dying to know a little bit more yeah. about that because I am yeah. a big fan. Yeah, I appreciate it. And I'll kind of try to give a little bit of a short story, but things kind of weave together. Yes. So I got my doctorate in physical therapy back in, i 2009. Okay. And I practiced that for a while. And I realized, okay, yes, I can help people sports orthopedics. But it didn't felt like it was solving the problem. Okay, it was an external thing that was applied to people. And I see a lot of modalities out there where chiropractic massage, a lot of it is physical therapy, it's applied to the body, which is fine. Right. A lot of people yeah. that's fine. That's totally fine. But there are a segment of the population that want to change themselves internally and mm. want to get to the root of the problem so they don't have something keep appearing again. Right. And I'm part of that segment of the population because I feel like if I can do something internally, I can control it. Right. And so at the time, I was training to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I was running wow. 
I was running eight miles on the treadmill three times a week in about 55 minutes. Wow. And I started experimenting with how I held my body, my rib cage specifically. And that altered my breathing mechanics. Interesting. And when I changed it a certain way, I felt all the tightness, all the chronic little aches and runners issues that you have, they just went away. Wow. Okay. And when I got off the treadmill after running the eight miles at a seven minute something pace, I was like, oh, huh. Okay. I don't have to scrape. I stopped stretching. I stopped foam rolling. All these things that I used to tell people to do, I literally stopped doing it. I haven't done that since, what, 2014. Wow. (laughs) And I have run a lot of ultra marathons and marathons since then. Mm Mm-hmm. And so I stopped doing that. I was like, okay, well, you know, when you kind of stumble onto something, you're like, okay, um, is this something I'm learning or is someone else doing it? I couldn't find anyone else who really thought the same way. So I started to put it into a process, experimented on myself first. Then Mm -hmm. I started experimenting on other people. And of course, you know, when you're learning something new and trying something new, you get a lot of pushback from different people. Doctors said, stop doing this. Mm -hmm. But soon I started getting doctors who came to see me themselves for chronic issues where no one else was able to help them. And then people started flying in from other places around the country. And one person that flew in was a world famous photographer who what who was having severe pain for 30, 40 years and was told wow. he needed a knee replacement. And he had heard of me helping someone else avoid a knee replacement who was bone on bone. So he said, I want to try it. We worked together. All of his pain went away. He flew back to Florida. He fell on some water from his pool because he was so excited. He went swimming pain-free for the first time in 30 years. Yeah. And he fell on some water and he tore up his rotator cuff and biceps tendon was involved. Wow. He had an MRI. They told him you're going to have to have surgery. Couldn't lift his arm above his waist. About a month later, he flew back to see me and said, is there anything you can do? I don't want to have surgery. I have all these trips scheduled this year, um, workshops I'm leading. And I said, okay, let's do some work. And we spent three days working and he got his arm overhead, um, very minimal pain. He said, I want to hire you. And I want to hire you to travel around with me and my partner for, and we did it for six months. I gave up my whole entire life, went and traveled from the Arctic all the way down to the Antarctic. And I'm a photographer as well. So that weaves in. Yeah. And I did that. And then when I came back, I said, you know what? I'm not going to go back into a clinic working for someone else. I'm going to become an entrepreneur. I need to get this stuff out there. If someone just hired me to spend six months learning this process to avoid two major body surgeries, yeah, I need to do things differently. I, I have to face my fear and go for it. And trust me, I had no clue what I was doing. (laughs) Not one best. That's the best. Well, and I love it that you were so passionate about this, that it was worth fighting through. It was worth fighting that fear to, because of the benefit that it could provide to others. And I think so many entrepreneurs started that exact way. You know, we know we have a better product or service or methodology and, you know, the fear is, I don't know how to run a business. I don't know how to launch a business. I don't know how to raise money for a business. And so that fear stops them from pushing forward. And I think of so many great, you know, ideas that are 
thrown to the wayside because they don't pursue it out of, yeah. you know, the unknown. But yeah. I love that you faced that fear and you went headfirst in and decided to go and be an entrepreneur and put this message out to everybody and this methodology. So yeah. I'm dying to know a little bit more about that because, sure. um, you know, going down the route of treating what's internal so that the external functions better, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That's kind of the idea behind it. Am I yes. right in that or no? Okay. So yeah. If and we does can that start with diet that. or how does that, how does that start? It's literally, so there's, there's tons of systems, body systems out there. You can okay. look at the digestive tract and nutrition. You can look at sleep and sleep health. Yes. The approach that I use is we're going to look at how you position your skeletal structure. Hmm. So how is your ribs positioned? Let me kind of give you a little bit of background. So you know how we're taught when we're young, chest out, shoulders back, suck up your gut, kind of that Superman position, power yes. pose, military posture. Yes, absolutely. As soon as we do that, that affects our autonomic nervous system. And here's why. When I take a rib cage that's shaped in a cylinder in a neutral cylinder, and I say, let me lift up the front part of it uh -huh. so that I look more powerful or competent. Right. As soon as I do that, I start to hinge off of my low back. And oh, you wow. can feel that. You can feel that when you sit up what we consider a perfect posture, you can feel mm -hmm. how your low back starts to kick in more. Yes. When I do that and I lift up the front, now I'm becoming, I'm teeter-tottering. You can take that with any bottle of water. Tilt it on an edge, it's going to become very unstable. Mm -hmm. The back muscles along the spine start to kick in. They compress on that fight-or-flight nervous system along the spine. Oh, wow. So that tells your body, prepare for being on high alert, for being high aroused at a greater extent for mm. being ready for whatever danger or stressor that's coming your way. Hmm. Interesting. And you can feel that all of a sudden the muscles in your body start to tense up. You're now decreasing support for your diaphragm. So your breathing becomes more shallow because now you have to rely on using your rib cage to breathe your shoulders, your back, your head, your neck to breathe. So you now alter your breathing mechanics. So you're not really breathing using your diaphragm. And so what happens then is people get stuck in this pattern. They don't realize it. It starts to spiral out of control. Your body starts to think it is physically ready for a danger. Your mind and your emotions are now put at a greater alert so that anything that comes in, it seems more jarring to your body and it puts you in this pattern. And what happens is if you don't change it quickly after going into that state, your nervous system thinks that your muscles are supposed to be holding your body in this way all the time. And we get stuck that way. Hmm. Interesting. It It is. And we are, you know, we like to achieve. So we mm -hmm. often take it to an extreme. And so it starts to affect the body even more. And this probably sounds like cuckoo and just crazy stuff because we all want to look good. So we stick out our chest, pull our shoulders back. But I do this with the highest level of professionals, business owners, famous people, you name it, as well as people next door. Wow. And it okay. works. Okay. <laughs> it really so does. Is this why they're saying um, running on a treadmill can create cortisol in your body? I've been hearing that more and more lately and cortisol being a stress hormone. Is that why, or is it just the the stress of the impact on your body or is it the breathing? I'm just curious as to why that is. 
That could be multiple reasons. So when you get on a treadmill, there's always some fear of, okay, is it going to work? Do I keep my feet up with my belt speed? Um, There is that. It's different from overground running. You don't have the control. Right. So there's you're always a little bit more on hyper alert on a treadmill. And if you have it, I mean, anyone who runs in general, if you stick your chest out, a lot of runners are taught to stick your chest out. That's only designed to be it for short distances. Sprinters, oh, yes. So this fight or flight nervous system that we have, yes, it's supposed to be there. Uh-huh. You're just not supposed to exist there 24 hours a day. Right. It's you want to exist in parasympathetic relaxation, pop up and come down. So like a sprinter, yes, mm-hmm. throw your chest out, pull your shoulder back, suck up your gut and haul your butt as fast as you can. Okay. But then come out of it. Okay. And so same thing with a treadmill. If you're going to be on a treadmill for a period of time, if you want to sprint, okay, throw your chest out if you want to, get your sprint on, then pull yourself out of it. And I would really recommend that you allow your rib cage to relax in front so your breathing changes back to the diaphragmatic breathing. And so that you calm yourself down, even though you're on this machine that is forcing you to go. Okay. How do you know if you're, and I'm sure singers and, and people who are athletes know how to get that breathing from your diaphragm. How do you know if that's working or not working? Does it feel different? It does. And and I will say I have worked with singers and professional athletes. They don't always know this. So really? it's not okay. intuitive. Okay. Most people are taught belly breathing is diaphragmatic breathing, which is not right. Oh, wow. When, okay. when you push out your belly to breathe in, you're distending your abdominal contents. You're not actually supporting your diaphragm. So that's one myth I want to dispel for people is to help you get and shift into your diaphragm, it is a process. I'll kind of describe it a little bit, but it takes time. Okay. And the feeling is when you get there, when you breathe in, air seeps into you and you feel your lungs expand and push against your ribs instead of feeling this need to lift up your ribs to get air in. Okay. And it's it's a really powerful feeling. Most people feel like, okay, if you take your hands and put them on the lower ribs in front, can you breathe in without that area moving? Most people can't. So that tells me you're lifting your rib cage up to create pressure to bring air in. You're not using your diaphragm to bring air in. Wow. It's a completely different feeling. And it is so soothing Mm-hmm. Because it's stimulating a nerve to calm you down. It's so soothing when you get that. And the one sport where where they have it really dialed in is, is some type of boxing or martial arts. Right. If you look at them, their front lower ribs are down. There's not that flare of the lower ribs. We often think that looks great because it makes us look skinny. But when I see the ribs flared up, an owl on a person, I know that they're not using their diaphragm to breathe. They're using their rib cage in their back. But when you put your hands on your lower ribs and you feel it just flush with your side abdominal muscles, even if you have a belly in front, that doesn't matter. But just if you feel it flush and you can keep it that way when you're inhaling and you feel your chest melt in as you exhale, you know that you're accessing your diaphragm. Wow. I never knew that. That's amazing. Okay. Very cool. 
So, um, and I was just, you know, when you were using the boxing reference, I think probably they do that, but don't realize they're doing it because I know for yeah. boxers, they really try to close in their body, you know, having your body open, you know, your chest out mm-hmm. um, and your, your ribs up is just too dangerous, right? Because you could get right. hit. So they're really covering it out of protection, but they're probably also getting more airflow, um, which is not what, you know, it's not what you would have Mm -hmm. normally thought. So that's amazing. And and just to go on with that, Mm -hmm. and you notice how boxers are strong, muscular, and flexible. Yes. Mm -hmm. They can be flexible because the rib cage is down, they're breathing through their diaphragm. So it releases all of that fight or flight sympathetic tone in the body so they can move quickly and they're strong at the same time whereas if you see people at the gym where they're used to lifting up the ribs or bulk and they're like okay i'm not flexible they've done exactly the opposite and that's why right interesting so So, you know i read david goggins book who Mm -hmm. also does these ultra marathons Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how his body was tightening up so much and he was having all of this toxicity toxicity flowing through his body and you know how he just didn't know what was wrong with him it felt like his body was just breaking down he wasn't able to run these ultra marathons And it all came down to stretching. It all came down to the right breathing and the right stretching. And after he did that, he became just even more unstoppable than he had been previously. But it's that air in your body. It's that proper flow of oxygen into your body and your muscles that makes all the difference when you're trying to do these big, you know, marathon type of, of, you know, uh, stamina. Yes. And so he went with an external method. Mm-hmm. So he was doing some breathing, but he felt the need to stretch his muscles to pull them apart externally. Okay. Yeah. If you can do the breathing where you release internally, you don't mm-hmm. have to stretch. Okay. You just release the 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 nervous system that's telling the muscles to be tight. You don't mm-hmm. have to stretch. So if he adjusted his breathing in the correct way, he wouldn't yeah. have to apply all that stretching. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Very cool. Yeah. So... So all of this has led you, where mm-hmm. Where has it led you now? I mean, you've written this mm-hmm. amazing book, a uh, mm-hmm. best-selling book, Don't Quit. Um, tell me where that came from. So yeah, so once I came back and started the business, I decided, I was like, okay, I don't know how to start a business. I don't know how to do all that, but I'm going to get around people that do, and I'm going to start right. to hang around in groups where I, one, want to learn the topic. So I started going to investment seminars. I wanted to learn about that. But I also knew it was people who didn't really focus on their body, didn't really have the time to focus on their body because they were creating and doing things out in the world. And so that led me to meeting some, you know, people who wanted to start working with me. Um, I got to meet Robert Kiyosaki who wanted help. So I started helping him. He started calling me his body healer, which led to more opportunities and getting on speaking stages, getting in masterminds, presenting at different groups. And so that's how I spent 2019 traveling around the country, speaking at these different groups, helping Mm -hmm. a lot of the hosts and kind of getting this information out there. And then, of course, 2020 came, I became all virtual um, due to the pandemic. And then I started doing this, getting on podcasts, sharing this message, giving people free content and started working with clients all over the world. And in one of the masterminds that led me the opportunity to do be a part of the book, Don't Quit, 
Mm-hmm. Um, stories of persistence, courage, and faith, as well as success habits of super achievers. And those went on to do, you know, best selling on Amazon. So great opportunities there. And it's just, it continues to grow as I get more exposed to different people who mm-hmm. are looking for solutions for their community. Well, congratulations on, on the success of the book. That's, or both books. It's amazing. Yeah. I know it's very, very difficult to be an author and an entrepreneur and doing all the great work that you're doing. So I can understand what that's like and and the pressure. So when you're working with Robert Kiyosaki, and Mm -hmm. he's telling you, like, how can I get more out of myself? You know, how can I perform Mm -hmm. better? How can I do better? What advice are you giving him? So for someone like him, and this Mm -hmm. goes for many type of high profile people, they are in achieve mode. Right. They are used to conquer, 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 conquer. And a lot of their mindset is set up for that. But right. it often, and you'll hear him talk on his podcast, it often leads to health issues. Mm-hmm. And he became more health focused over the past several years. And he talks about this. And the reason I can even talk about him is he he's the one who shared all this. So I don't, you know, Good. I don't talk about <laughs> clients unless if they've shared something, then I can say something. And so with anyone who's in that type of role, mm-hmm. it's a matter of teaching them how to calm themselves down so they can have a greater impact. Wow. Because if you're on all the time and your health is taking a detriment, it's eventually going to stop you. Yeah. Yeah. So if you can catch someone early on and say, listen, I totally understand you are doing great things in this world. Mm -hmm. You're impacting people, you're motivating people, you're inspiring people. But if we don't teach you how to just pause and get back into your body and feel things in your body, change the way you are behaving in your body mm-hmm. and controlling it on the inside if we don't do that eventually it will stop you yeah and some people get to the point where they get stopped and then you know then we work on that to get them moving forward again but sometimes they can catch people before they've gotten to that stage and then they can still have their impact and we make progress while they're still doing their work um, so I've seen both sides of the equation, but yeah, it, it's definitely something I try to capture and say, this is really serious. You don't want to be the 80 year old who says, I wish I had focused on this 30 years ago. I wish someone had said something to me. So that's why I beg people to listen now. Oh, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. And I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in take care of yourself naturally, mm-hmm. or you'll be spending the money to take care of it medically later, right? Mm-hmm. So I am always um, trying to figure out, you know, how to best take care of my brain, my gut, my, yeah. you know, weight, it's, it's just, it's a process where you have to put good in to get good out, right? Mm-hmm. And so you can't fill your body with junk and expect to be healthy and to have good brain function and liver function and everything else. I think with entrepreneurs, one of the things that hurts us the most is stress, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the stress, the stress that we deal with every day, and then, you know, compound that with lack of sleep, (laughs) which I think is also a big factor. So you talk about the importance of sleep as well. So tell me about Mm -hmm. that in in your studies and and what you're doing and how you help people. Yeah, absolutely. There's a really good book out there called Why We Sleep by Dr. Matthew Walker. Highly okay. recommend that everyone watch that. So there's a lot of tips out there. And I'll talk a little bit about his tips and how I weave my stuff into 
So one of the biggest things about sleep is can you get outside as quickly as possible in the morning to so the sun hits your eyeballs, get rid of, you know, helps reset your circadian rhythm. Okay. For, that's really important to do that for about 20 minutes in the mornings without sunglasses on. Just let the sun hit your eyeballs. Don't obviously look at the sun, but just be out in the sun. Mm-hmm. Then mi- and minimizing caffeine as much as possible because it blocks a hormone called adenosine. Okay. That hormone is your sleep pressure hormone. It Mm. builds up and attaches to receptors throughout the day. So that gives us a sensation that, hey, okay, it's 9, 10 o'clock. We're supposed to be going to sleep. Mm -hmm. When you have caffeine, that takes up the space for the adenosine receptors. And it blocks the adenosine from being taken in. Okay. The problem is caffeine lasts six to eight hours. That's the half-life. So half of the caffeine falls off. Then adenosine rushes in. And so then you feel this huge urge to sleep. Yes. Yes. That's a problem. So it's not the caffeine that gives you energy. It's caffeine is blocking your natural process. Hmm. So that's part of the problem that people feel. And then they're like, okay, well, I need to have more caffeine. And then they get into this process of not being able to sleep. Right, right. So there's tons of stuff about lights and that too. But another aspect, and this is where it's unique, and I work with people and have gotten them to fall asleep on Zoom or in person or at events, and is your body is, it needs to know how to sleep. It needs to know how to relax. If you are on all day long and you're saying, high alert, high alert, high alert, high alert, Mm-hmm. When you lay down at night, your nervous system has adjusted to being on mm-hmm. and now it forgot how to be off. Yeah. And so we're doing this all day long. And then we expect just because I close my eyeballs, somehow my body is going to turn off and I'm yeah. going to feel safe enough to sleep. Most people don't feel safe enough in their body to truly let go to sleep. Hmm. So if we change that and we start working on this process where your rib cage changes, your breathing changes, you feel the tension release out of your body mm-hmm. and you do it a couple times throughout the day. Then if you do it before you go to sleep, while you're in bed, you feel your body let go and you've given yourself permission to fall asleep. And I can tell you it has worked wonders for so many people because they didn't realize that aspect is critical to have a sound quality sleep eight, nine hours. Yeah. You know, I could not agree with you more. Um, You know, we, since I've been divorced, I started watching TV at night, which was never really a thing that I did before. And Mm -hmm. so I started watching TV and I would get into these shows and, you know, I'd go to bed at 10 and I'm falling asleep at like 12, 12 30. And I kept telling myself that I just wasn't good at sleeping. I just wasn't able to fall asleep at night. I had some sort of insomnia, you know, oh, I'm just never tired when I go to sleep. Oh, you know, it's, it's that I'm just trying to force myself to sleep, but my body's not ready. And that's what I just kept convincing myself Mm -hmm. of. And it got worse during the pandemic because I didn't have anything to wake up for. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't having to get up and go to my office. So I think it got worse and worse and worse. And then about a year ago, I just decided I need to make a a material change in my life because I just wasn't as focused during the day. I was, you know, the mornings I need more coffee Mm -hmm. at night. It's, you know, I'm not falling asleep when I need to. And finally, I just said, okay, enough is enough. And I made a major adjustment. 
So that adjustment was meditating at night. So Mm -hmm. now there's a series of breathing exercises I do, no television, and I'm out within five minutes. So, (laughs) but it's the breathing. It's the, Mm -hmm. when I find myself, when I go to bed early, I'm like, oh, I'll just watch a little show and then I'll go to sleep. I'm up for an hour, hour and a half, but I, if I just turn it off and I do the breathing exercises, it's five minutes and I'm out. So exactly. So different, so different, but you know, you have to commit to the process, you know, (laughs) and, and be accountable to yourself and, you know, stop being a, you know, somebody who's going to get sucked into TV shows and everything else. I mean, I I really feel like this process really is for you to become a better person during the day. Yeah. And you learned that too. Um, One thing just to, to kind of talk about your mindset of kind of what you got into when you're having trouble sleeping yeah. is I usually try to talk to people about your body is responding to exactly what it's been trained to do. And that's mm. going to sound harsh. It's going to sound really harsh, but our body is just being taught different things and it's just responding to whatever it's being taught. And right. it, and it's not to say that unteaching what we taught it is is easy right. a lot of times it's not because habits they get ingrained in us and it's like mm. nails against a chalkboard to try to change it but just realize you have more power over what you're experiencing right now and if you if you start to recognize okay what are the pieces to the puzzle that's leading me to where i'm at now how do yeah. I, I how do I take those pieces and make a different puzzle so that I mm-hmm. feel better that I sleep eight hours that I go to bed mm-hmm. within five minutes and you you found the pieces that work for you right so you you realized the product changed because you changed the pieces so that's right. it's amazing yeah well and everything in my day has changed you know my mm-hmm. thought patterns have changed my productivity has right. changed you know yeah. you're just implementing these little simple things where you're getting a good night's sleep because that's your body's time to recharge mm-hmm. and you know just like if you if you you know charge your batteries for you know five minutes they're not going to be as effective as if you charge them for eight hours, right? Mm-hmm. And so you want to make sure that you're giving your body the best chance to be successful throughout the day. And, yeah. you know, that's that's our vessel. That's what we're using to to get everything done, right? So, Absolutely. yes, well, I love it. That sounds so fascinating. Yeah. So you talk about aging and, mm-hmm. you know, is yeah. pain part of aging or, or no? Because, I mean, I keep, you know, I think we all make mm-hmm. the joke of, oh, getting old sucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As you wake up with aches and pains and cracks and... <laughs> Yeah. So tell me about how breathing or natural methods can help you with aging and, you know, kind of being more productive. Yes. And so my philosophy on it is quite um, controversial for some because it may seem a little bit different. But I talk to people and I say, okay, just because you're getting older does not equate pain. Right. Arthritis does not equate pain. Okay. So when we have arthritis, that's a degeneration of your cartilage. The pain comes from tissues butting up against each other. Okay. Okay. So I want to kind of break it down a little bit. So our bones and our body is held a certain way. It's held that way based on our muscles. Our muscles say, okay, I'm going to hold my head up. Okay. Okay. If your muscles weren't working, your head would fall down. Right. So our muscles are controlling how we're held. The nervous system 
communicates and tells the muscles to behave a certain way. Okay. okay. So if you can change the nervous system, you can change the muscles, how they behave on your bones. Mm. So let's give the example knee arthritis. Okay. I've worked with yes. many people who were scheduled to have a knee replacement surgery and they avoided it. Okay. So they were, they went in, they had x-rays. They're told, okay, you have bone on bone. It's been there for 20 years. They've been doing shots for five to 10 years, three times a year to help them get through it. They've been doing pop and daily anti-inflammatories. And I say, okay, yes. obviously there's tissues butting up against each other. Your pain is truly real. I don't believe that people fake pain. Right. I don't believe that at all. And I don't believe it's all in your head. Mm -hmm. So you have this real pain. Okay. What if we don't even touch your knee? What if we say, okay, nervous system, let's relax. Let's teach it how to relax. So it stops sending the signal to the muscles. The muscles stop pulling on the bones abnormally. Okay. okay. That's what we do is we say, okay, we're going to get your body back into a position similar to when you were a kid where your rib cage was relaxed down, you felt your back relaxed, you felt how when your ribs dropped down, your shoulders dropped down, your breastbone sunk in, your neck freed up, your shoulders freed up, your hips freed up, you can shift those, shift those hips again, and you teach the muscles how to let go. Hmm. Now, the muscles let go of those bones that were pulling abnormally, voila, your pain just went away. Okay, because now it's not pulling the bones out of position and causing that that rubbing, which was right. inflaming you, causing the pain. So now we just got your pain to stop. Okay? okay, the next step, it's a huge step. We have to stabilize you like that. So now we have to teach you that when you fall asleep or you go about your daily activities, you don't go back into that fight or flight mode that caused the muscles to tense up to pull you out of position. Okay. Now we have to teach you how to be in that relaxation mode throughout your waking and sleeping hours and then okay. use different muscles to help keep your bones in that neutral position where they can glide and slide and be happy even if your cartilage is gone. Wow. Okay. Fascinating. That's what we're doing. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So is this something that is part of the physical therapy teaching? Is this something that somebody can learn to do on their own or would they need to see somebody for this? So this is not physical therapy at all. This is a okay. whole technique separate. I don't do physical therapy anymore. It's a completely, it's a methodology that I've developed. Okay. So there, I do have videos out there. I have a Facebook group. I post on Instagram. The basics of how to sit and mm -hmm. shift your breathing mechanics. Okay. I give that for free mm -hmm. because anyone can practice that. And tons of people do that and just get relief from their aches and pains just by doing that alone. Right. Now, when you want to go through the process of a specific joint or certain aches or pains, then I say, I highly recommend you reach out to me. And that's when I work with people one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting where it's a virtual group setting. Okay. Soon to be offering a video course where I guide people who don't have the ability to work with me, you know, one-on-one -on -one or in a group setting, but to have it a little bit more financially available and or people who have time constraints. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is usually something if if you have gotten on 
this path over 30 or 40 years, mm. highly likely you will need some help and some guidance to figure this stuff out. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I wish it was intuitive. I, mm-hmm. I really do, but it unfortunately it's it's not. Well, no, because I feel like it goes against what we normally believe about our bodies, right? We normally mm-hmm. believe, oh, well, I've got this inflammation in my knee. I better go grab the the medicine out of the cabinet. I better go, you know, take a week yeah. off of the treadmill, whatever it is. And so, yeah. you know, we're taught th- to treat the symptom and not the underlying mm-hmm. cause. And so I think that that has become rampant in our society, which is why so many people are medicated because we're, we're, we're treating symptoms and not causes. Um, So that that's pretty fascinating. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, Is there anything that you think diet wise we could be doing to help our bodies? Yes. And again, diet is such a controversial topic. You have Mm -hmm. people on both extremes. I I do encourage the people I work with to eliminate dairy and gluten. I okay. do follow that philosophy. I've seen the benefits in myself. Um, when I was running marathons and I was eating those those foods, mm-hmm. I had the aches and pains, the swelling, those types of things. As soon as I got rid of it, all of it cleared up. Healing potential went through the roof. I healed from things in like seconds versus weeks. Um I do, and I do recommend that. I've seen transformations in so many of my clients where I say, even if you if you want to eat meat, if you want to eat things, obviously try to go as organic or free, you know, grass range free as mm-hmm. possible if you're eating animal products. I myself, I do go plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just seen the benefits in, in my health and I you know, I want to stay that way. I know right. that's not the path for everyone. Everyone's genetics are different. But the do, the two common things they do, well, three, I would say, um, dairy, gluten, and sugar, yeah. is there are inflammatory antibodies that are created by these by eating these things that persist in your body for several months. And I do really encourage people and there are, I know that they're not as great, but there are substitutes out there. Um, You can use different spices and herbs and different ways of playing with real foods to, to create the semblance of your favorite comfort food. Yeah. Yeah. I do highly recommend it. Well, and that's the pattern I'm trying to get myself out of. I eat pretty healthy on a regular basis. I've never really been somebody who I I don't drink soda. I don't really eat fast food, you know, none of that. Um, But, you know, I have my coffee in the morning. And then, you know, since I was a child, I had this my my comfort food was cereal which is awful for you terrible absolutely horrible and so i mean it was when i was younger i would put sugar on top of the sugar cereal (laughs) sugar addiction was terrible and so i i have since like you know in the past few weeks i'm like okay i need to rethink how I do life. Right. And so, um, as I'm getting older, I want to make sure that I'm maintaining Mm -hmm. what I have and, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure that I'm, I'm not putting myself into a, you know, potentially bad health situation. So I've cut out, you know, a lot of carbs, all processed food, and now I'm drinking coffee with no sugar. And the plan is to eliminate coffee, which is hard, but that's the plan. Yeah, that's (laughs) good. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you can eliminate caffeine, it's yeah. excellent. I've been off of it, I don't know, for 
15, 20 years. And it's, and I, and I say all this, you know, I, and I'm not sitting up here on my pedestal. I grew up being fed six Mountain Dews a day. Yep. Uh Eating honey buns, Cheetos, and TV dinners, and (laughs) no fresh fruits or vegetables. So when I say it's possible, I went from the worst health food diet where I was sick all the time. I was still skinny because I ran around all the time playing and I was never sitting still to completely different. And now if I, because I drink, I only drink water, but if I have like something like an apple juice, I can feel myself become jittering. I can feel that I'm more anxious because now I stimulated that sugar just went right to my system and said, "Woo, be on high alert, yeah, be yeah. on ramped mode. And I can feel my breathing pattern change, my body position change. So I say these things because I truly understand and I know it's a hard journey. Yeah, it really is. Well, and it's that comfort. It's that it's less about the desire for it and more about the the fact that it's just checking that box for you. Okay, good. I feel better. I started my day in this consistent pattern. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and so, you know, for it's not that I, I crave it necessarily. It's that I, I feel like if I don't have it, there's something missing. And so yeah. um, anyway, it's just breaking patterns. It's It's really in my head more than my body. Yeah. And something kind of along that lines is a lot of people say, well, I, I don't like to be restricted. Uh-huh, right. And my response to that is, I don't feel like I'm restricting at all. I feel like I'm choosing right. to feel right. good. So I have a better energy around other people. Sure. Like, I'm just choosing that. I don't feel restricted at all. If I want to go do that, I can go eat all the other stuff. I just know I'm going to feel miserable for several days afterwards. And I just mm-hmm. choose choose not to. Yeah, absolutely. So you are so inspiring and you obviously inspire a lot of other people, which I love. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm a big fan already. So who inspires you? Um, there's a, there's a couple, uh, they're, they're out of Arizona. They have a business called Nourish One Two Three. Okay. And they do amazing work helping people get out of autoimmune disorders. I mean, okay. truly amazing work. They've yeah. put in so much time and effort and studies and I see the community they're growing mm. and they are so heart centered. They're not about sales. They're not about flashy They are just really helping people. They're actually hosting a retreat starting today. And um, I'm not part of it. I'm in a different state. But it's just, they really inspire me because I see, I know some of their clients and I just see the benefits. They tell me stories. Yeah. And I just love how they set up this program. So it inspires me quite a bit. So that's Kirsten Carey and Anthony DeNoble. They're amazing people. Okay. Very cool. Well, that's awesome. So yeah, I've been, um, I've been watching a lot of just YouTube videos on better health and and there's so many inspirational people out there who are just wanting to improve the world and how we operate in our day to day. And you're definitely one of those. So thank you. So um, as women, we often give our power away a lot, you know, whether we're giving credit to somebody else, whether we are, um, you know, a- allowing somebody to break us down or insult us and not standing up for ourselves. So, you know, we give our power away a lot. And as women, we're just kind of taught to be 
secondary, you know, that our feelings mm-hmm. are second to anyone else. Um, so, and, and, and by nature, we're more nurturing, you know, we want to mm-hmm. see other people succeed. We want to see other people happy. So we are, we will sacrifice our own happiness, our own, um, you know, power in, mm-hmm. in order to see somebody else thrive. So mm-hmm. tell me about a time that you've given your power away and a time that you've taken it back and maybe what that difference was. Mm-hmm. So when I, I think back, I mean, I'm guilty of this quite a bit, quite mm-hmm. a bit, actually. Um, I was taught as a kid, you know, never talk about your accomplishments. Mm-hmm. When someone says something good for you, you deflect, you don't say thank you, you not because you didn't respect them, but you just don't talk yeah. about it. Don't talk about it. Okay, just let me just let me exist. That's fine. Right. Um, I have since learned to be gracious and, and to be grateful for someone recognizing my accomplishments. I would say that when I was developing this process, Mm-hmm. Um, the power method. I was told I was put down by quite a few people. There were many nights I went home in tears. And I remember even being told, you know, people were scared by my boss. You can't do this anymore. You have to do traditional stuff. You can't develop something new. You can't be innovative. Yeah. And that was hard. And for many years, I just suck it up. And I just was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. I I have to do what's traditional and what's taught and just go with the flow. Wow. Um, and for me, that was very disempowering mm-hmm. because I felt like, gosh, but I've seen this work on people. I've just worked on myself. Right. And um, it took several years, several wow. years. And after going traveling around the world, um, and coming back from Antarctica, I realized it's like the life I lived before those six months was very stagnant. I was becoming depressed because I knew I wasn't living the life I wanted to live. Right. I wasn't honoring myself. Mm-hmm. I wasn't pushing the limits. I was trying. I was volunteering. I was running. I was doing things. But in my career, I wasn't making the impact I wanted. Mm-hmm. So that's why I started the business, even though I had no clue what I was doing. Wow. I was like, okay, that's how I'll take my power back. Even though I'm going to bumble around for a while, yep. at least at least I'm empowering myself. Yes. <laughs> and whatever happens is my own doing. <laughs> All yeah. of it's my own doing, which is scary, but it did give me my power back. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, good for you. That's amazing. And yeah, I agree. Starting a starting a business to, um, is a way to step into your power because for the first time you're living your truth. You know, you you're following what your heart wants to do and your brain knows you can do. And unfortunately, I think a lot of people fail because they let the outside influence get inside. And True. but but I love that you just followed your path and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So what advice would you give to your 18-year-old self? Oof. First, <laughs> I would say get still get the education, but yeah. as quickly as possible try to try to figure out all the pieces of your life that you love. How can you mash them together right. to create a business that provides value to people? And even if it means taking a job at first, mm-hmm. but just constantly be thinking how do i how do i provide value to more and more people right 
And that often means get around a different crowd. Yeah. Like have your friends, but then branch out. And I say, I would probably tell my 18 year old self, go join a group you never thought you would be interested in of maybe entrepreneurs or just some other topic where people are doing something different mm-hmm. just to get different exposures. That, yeah. That's probably what I would tell myself. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that's great advice because, you know, opening your eyes to what, what possibilities could exist, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Right. And so, yeah, entering those, those different worlds can, can really um, expand your horizons. So great advice. So what do you wish more people knew? Um, I really wish they knew more about how sucking up their gut hurts them like, <laughs> i really do yes. and i wish people would just be comfortable letting their belly button go so the ribs can drop down yeah um i tell people all the time just go through your day check how many times you suck your gut in or you hold yourself mm, yeah and then sit back in your chair let the back of the chair serve its purpose sit- sitting is a position of relaxation yeah So if we're going to sit, allow it to be a sitting thing unless you're formally doing an exercise. Hmm. So, and I just say, just allow yourself to relax. Just really, it doesn't mean you're sloppy. It doesn't mean you're unaccomplished. It doesn't mean you're lazy. It's you're giving your body system a chance to refresh so -hmm. that you can perform again. Wow. That's awesome. I love that. Yeah, I definitely don't think we do enough of that. (laughs) (laughs) I think we're all day in go mode. And, um, and so the idea of relaxing throughout our day, we're like, wait, what, then I can't be, you know, driven to achieve my 100 things on my to do list. (laughs) But you can probably (laughs) get a lot more done. If you just let your body catch up with what you're trying to do. So Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Amy. This has been a really insightful conversation. I've just enjoyed speaking with you so much. Thank you, Angela. It's been a pleasure and you're amazing host. You ask great questions and thank, thank you. you for the conversation. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Well, you have a wonderful day. Thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of the Pretty Powerful Podcast. Please do check out Amy. All of her information will be on our website, prettypowerfulpodcast.com. And uh, please like and subscribe and we will see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining our guests on the Pretty Powerful Podcast. And we hope you've gained new insight and learned from exceptional women. Remember to subscribe or check out this and all episodes on prettypowerfulpodcast.com. Visit us next time. And until then, step into your own power.